Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting, like I am right now, the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality. What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer One of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. 
That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Again, onepassword.com slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. We got to come back to our internal sense of direction, what I call internal authority. I'd like to welcome Trip Lanier to the Productivityist Podcast. Trip, thanks for joining me today. Mike, thanks so much, buddy. So you're the author of the book, This Book Will Make You Dangerous, The Irreverent Guide for Men Who Refuse to Settle. And right out of the gate, especially considering we're talking about productivity on this as this podcast and time and such like that, what's the correlation that you feel is the idea of being dangerous with productivity? Like how can that affect uh, the pro- one's productivity uh, in a positive way. Yeah, let's let's go in there. So I've been coaching professionally for 15 years. I've met a lot of really busy people, a lot of high achievers, a lot of people that from the outside look like they're just doing amazing things. And then I get to see behind the, the curtain. I get to see what's really going on. And a lot of them are exhausted. A lot of them are worn out. A lot of them are thinking that their problems would be solved if they could be more productive. And so when I say, well, what would you do differently if you could be more productive? And they all were like, do this and be able to do more of that, do this and that. But really, they're just in this place where they chronically feel trapped or drained or overwhelmed. And so I found that they don't really have a productivity issue. They have an issue saying no. Mm. They have an issue setting boundaries against things that really shouldn't be on their plate anyway. And when we start to poke around at what would have them say, no, it's too dangerous. They think there's too much at stake. They're going to make somebody upset or they're going to miss an opportunity or lo and behold, they're going to lose their job and be on the street and you know have, have to be that guy on the side of the road flipping the big arrow around to get people to come in and buy a sandwich. So th- those are the things that come up when, when they start to think about setting boundaries and saying no and only saying yes to the things that truly matter to them. Those are the things that get in the way of this idea of being productive. And what's interesting is the way you bring that up is that it, it, I've heard that many times before when I coach clients and productivity, boundaries are a huge deal because, um, and one of the things I've said is uh, you, you, you don't just have to set boundaries, but you have to respect them or no one else will. And that's where a lot of people can have problems as well. Setting is one thing, but then making sure you stick to them, even when you have that voice in your head saying, oh, maybe you should give a little w- wiggle room here. That, that also uh, can, be, can be a problem. Absolutely. A lot of times we think it's enough just to do the work and say, hey, what do I want? What really matters to me? And we, 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 okay, we get that internal recognition. And then there's that second step of, okay, I got to communicate this with the world. I got to communicate this with my spouse or the people I work with. And then it's like, I have to keep doing this. I'm being tested. Why are people testing me? I don't want to have to keep, you know, enforcing these things. And so that it can be, uh, it could be a down, a real downer for some folks if they really think like, okay, I did the hard work and now I'm done and nobody's going to give me a hard time. No, we're going to be tested. We're going to continue to be tested. Well, I think the other thing that comes across, especially when it comes to time and, and, and prioritization and just getting what you want is, is this idea of uncertainty. And, um, you know, no matter what era we're living in, no matter what stage of life we're in, whether men, women, whatever, um, uncertainty is, is prevalent. I've been reading a, a book called Conscience. Um, where the idea that 
there's some people that say, oh, well, you know, they want to get certainty if they want to establish certainty. And, and I think it was Socrates that said, uh, certainty is uh, delusional. Like to, to, can you talk a little bit about how we can maybe uh, get into a, an area of, of managing or, or figuring out how to navigate our way through uncertainty, uh, especially in, in relationship to what you're talking about in your book? For sure. And uncertainty or risk is one of the big, quote, dangers that we face, at least that I talk about in the book. In our modern, cushy lives, by and large, we're trying to avoid uncertainty. Even if what's on the other side is something we really like, we will we will hold back. We will avoid that place because we'd rather be in a place where we're familiar and we know what's going to happen, even if we're not happy. Most of us would, would choose that over the thing we actually want, but that's on the other side of uncertainty. So to, to face uncertainty, the first thing we got to realize is that we need a certain amount of uncertainty. It's actually a need. We, I, we can't do this work and we can't grow and be creative if we're freaked out, if our nervous systems are just completely on alert all the time. But that said, I, I, I do believe that it is delusional to think that we're going to finally have certainty once and for all. And I think that's where a lot of us get stuck is we make these excuses and say, well, once I'm at this place and I can see how everything's going to work out and, I can, and all the lights are green and everything, I know everything's going to you know, go one, two, three, four, five, I can see how it's going to happen, then I will engage. And that's a huge trap that will, I've, I've been in a place where I think I, I spun my wheels for years, you know, after I sold my first company and, and trying to figure out the next thing. That was a big excuse for me. It's like, I need clarity. I need clarity. Well, clarity doesn't just arrive. It doesn't just show up one day in the mail. It's, it's, it's the product of engaging and taking chances and experimenting. I want to talk a bit about comfort because you addressed this in the first chapter, the idea of comfort. And, and one of the things that um, I've both struggled with, and I think we often teach what we need to learn the most in, in some cases, is how quickly comfort can turn to complacency. Can we talk a little bit about that and how we can escape that and be okay with this idea of discomfort, which again is directly correlated to this idea of risk and, and, and embracing being dangerous? Yeah. Well, the idea is that for many of us, as we get, quote, more and more successful, it, it's we're really just getting more and more comfortable. I mean, look at look at what we do as we become more successful. We tend to buy more stuff. We tend to insulate ourselves more from the world. Um, it's like we, we want the bigger TV, the, the nicer couch, the more comfy car. We start to get addicted to more comfort, which means we're getting more and more fragile in the process. I don't want success for you, for me, for any of us to make us more fragile. I don't want it to have our, our heart rate go up. It's like, oh no, but I, I couldn't possibly ride in that vehicle. It doesn't have AC, you know, multiple AC units to, that, to control the, the temperature on each side of the car. It's like, but nonetheless, that's starting to happen. It, we're starting to believe that we won't be okay if we're not always comfortable. Mm -hmm. And this, this goes right up against where, where I talk to a lot of guys that are just like, they, they're they're bored out of their minds. They, they miss feeling alive. They've got a lot of stability in their lives. They've, they've got family. They've got so many things that are going on, but it's like something's missing. And usually what's missing is that sense of aliveness. And, you know, ironically, that aliveness comes when we steer into places where there's a bit of uncertainty or there's a bit of discomfort. And so it's about finding just the right amount. It's a little bit of a stretch zone. It's not about spraining or spraining an ankle or, you know, breaking a bone to go to that, that level. But it is about saying, Hey, you know what, that might be a little more, that might be a little uncomfortable, but I'm going to lean into it anyway. And, and over and over and over again for myself and for the people that I coach, it's like, Oh, that's where I find this aliveness. I'm really here. I'm really doing something. And life becomes a lot more satisfying when we 
know that discomfort is an option instead of believing that voice in our heads that says, I can't be uncomfortable. Well, and I think the idea of being lively or aliveness is distinct from this idea of the hustle of, you know, what we hear like, oh, you got to hustle hard. What are your thoughts on that? Because there is, I think, um, I think there's disparity there. I think there's, you know, when you hear this message and I'll use Gary Vaynerchuk because he's talked about it as well, but a lot of people don't look beyond the surface level of what that message means. They think, oh, I've got to hustle hard. I've got to, you know, always be on the go. I've got to check off as many boxes as possible. But that sense of aliveness or being lively is, is different to me. What are your thoughts on that? A high-performing sheep is still a sheep. And I, I see a lot of people that get sucked into this game of comparisons. Mm. They look outside of themselves for an indicator of how hard they need to push, how far they need to go, what they, quote, should be doing, all of that kind of stuff. And so from the outside, they may look impressive, but on the inside, they're usually in that place of feeling trapped or drained or overwhelmed or even bored. I, I, I can't really speak to the hustle because the hustle is going to be different for everybody. Right. But by and large, when I see people emulating that or telling themselves that, they're stuck in a place where they believe they have something to prove. And so I'll ask them, what if you didn't have anything to prove? How would you approach your business? How would you approach the work that you do if there was nothing for you to, to prove to anybody anymore, alive or dead, or even to yourself? And a lot of times they, they realize that, well, I would do it in a such a way where I felt more expansive, where I was having fun, where I felt creative, where I felt engaged and challenged, which is a far cry than what most of us are doing when we enter into that mindset, which is I have to deprive myself. And there's somehow some kind of honor or you know, badge of courage I get if I deprive myself. Mm. I think the whole deprivation thing is BS. Sleep comes into question there too. I think a lot of people, uh, that was a big thing. You know, uh, oh, I only get this, a badge of honor. How many hours sleep? Oh, I only get four hours sleep. I only get six. We're seeing a turn on that though. Are we seeing turns in other areas where deprivate, some people who are out there, they're, they're, they're kind of tooting that horn as well. It's like, hey, listen, you know, there's certain things you really, if you deprive yourself of them, then you're not going to get to that next level. Yeah, I think, I think this is where you come back to say, hey, what actually strengthens me? There's, mm. there's this, I think there's this weird belief that somehow success makes us strong. But most of the folks that I know that are, quote, successful are depleting themselves. Their bodies are a wreck because they don't sleep or they don't eat well. Uh, they're eating airport food or whatever. Their relationships are a wreck. They don't have any real friendships. They have lots of connections, though. Uh, they don't have real intimacy in their lives. Um, they live in areas that are too populated. It's difficult to get around, too expensive. It's not where they would normally want to be, where they feel more expansive. And so I, I'm not, I have not bought into this idea that success, as most people buy into it, I'm not anti-success by any means, but I don't equate it with strength. I don't, ex I don't equate it with a sense of expansiveness. So if I were to ask a guy, hey, what would have you feel more free? How would you work or where would you live to feel more free or more alive or more connected to the people you love and, and want to be around? What would, where would you live and how would you work in service of greater peace of mind? the answers usually look quite different from that guy who's grinding it all the time. Mm -hmm. In chapter three, uh, uh, called building a fire, aligning your actions with what makes you stronger. I started to read it and I immediately thought of when you said this quote, when we don't know what's important, everything seems important. It reminded me of the movie, the Incredibles, the bad guy. And I use this a lot when I, when I talk to people, the idea of syndrome, the bad guy, and his whole plan was to make everybody a superhero because when everyone's super, as he says, no one will be. How, what are some of the things you, you teach and, and you talk about in the book that helps people 
get into that mindset of, hey, listen, here's how you can figure out what's important so that you don't get stuck in the trap of just, you know, blindly moving forward because you think everything is important. I think it's shifting from that external sense of authority. Hey, what should I do? What are those people doing? What will they think of me if I do this? There's this external, I'm looking around for cues. I'm looking for how to dress, how to drive, what to drive, how much to make and all of that kind of stuff. And, and that can serve us for a while. I think, I think that helps us when we're younger to kind of find our way. But ultimately, we got to come back to our internal sense of direction, what I call internal authority. And that's the one that says, yeah, what, what is it that I want? What actually works for me? And it's not about measuring up to the ideal in our head. I think a lot of us get, can get lost there. We create a vision board, put it up on the wall and say, yeah, that's going to be me one day. But even then, I've helped a lot of people make that vision board a reality and they still felt trapped and drained and isolated or bored, or overwhelmed. That's a fail in my book. We missed the mark. So I got sick of that. And I said, you know what? That vision board on the wall, tell, we could, we could, it's a theory. It's a theory that if you were to nail it and make it a reality, you've got an idea that that's where you would feel more free. You'd feel more alive. You'd feel more connected and loving. You'd feel more peace of mind. So let's start there. Let's make those the gauges on our dashboard. And your, whatever works for you to have you feel more free, alive, uh, loving and at peace is going to be different than everybody else. And when we start to hone in on what those things are, what those activities are, who those communities are, whatever those things might be, we might find that we don't fit in with the ideal or the picture we have on the wall. We don't necessarily fit in with the groups that we've identified before, and that can feel dangerous. Identifying who we really are and taking a stand for that person can feel really uh, like, is it okay? Is it okay to really be me? But most of the people that I think we admire are the ones that are, that are leaning into that and saying, yes, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what has me feel more strong and expansive. I'm not following the herd. Ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear? Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not, because CrashPlan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to CrashPlan.com timecrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one, get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast, so take a moment to check them out. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection, specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations. CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. 
So go to crashplan.com slash timecrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited buy one, get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's crashplan.com slash timecrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. Ever caught yourself marveling at the seamless magic of everyday tech, like how noise-canceling headphones block out the world or the sheer bliss of meeting-free Fridays? Now imagine if there was a way to bring that kind of magic into selling online. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Shopify. From the moment you decide to launch your online shop to opening your first physical store, and even when you're pinching yourself because, yes, you just hit a million orders, Shopify is there to guide your growth. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or the latest productivity tools, Shopify supports you everywhere with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. The checkout, oh, it's a breeze for your customers, converting up to 36% better than other platforms. And with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered assistant, you're selling more with way less effort. And you won't be alone in your Shopify journey because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., supporting giants like Allbirds and Brooklinen and millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Their award-winning support is always there, making sure businesses that grow, Grow with Shopify, and yours can be one of those businesses. And for those looking to level up, Shopify's endless integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to chatbots ensure your business is always ahead of the curve. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash timecrafting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash timecrafting. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food, it's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? It's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger, Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a Productive Conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat 
helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. All right, I'm going to take a break from my conversation with Trip to talk about this episode's sponsors. Okay, I am not a marketer. I'm not very good at it. I want to get better at it. And I want to be able to do that in a way that's truly productive and allows me to kind of set it and you know, somewhat forget it. And this is where Otis comes in. Otis is a digital marketing assistant to help target, optimize, and measure campaigns for entrepreneurs and small business owners like me and like you. You can acquire new customers that will love your business all from an easy to use app. And I love that idea. You can create Facebook, Instagram, and Google ads, all of which I'm looking to do. And you can do that all from the Otis app. Otis's AI technology intuitively optimizes your daily budget to whichever platform is performing best. So again, set it and kind of forget it. Using the data that's already available to you, Otis will analyze your existing customers to retarget and find other people like them to target your ads to, which means more people, which can lead to more profits. And you can manage and track results all in real time from the Otis app. Otis users see results for as little as $10 per day. And that's great bang for your buck. So I want you to give Otis a try today. You can get started with Otis today. Otis is offering listeners of the Productivities Podcast a 14-day free trial plus $50 in ad credit. But you have to go to meetotis.com slash timecrafting to take advantage of this offer. So again, go to meetotis.com slash timecrafting that's m-e-e-t-o-t-i-s dot com slash timecrafting to get your 14-day free trial plus a $50 ad credit to get started today you know some things about the holiday season never change even when everything around us does so when your small business needs to ramp up for the new year LinkedIn Jobs is ready to help. LinkedIn Jobs matches your open roles with qualified candidates, and that means you can find the right person for your business fast. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 722 million members worldwide. That's massive. And you can get started really simply. It's easy to do with features that help you find qualified candidates quickly. You can post a job with targeted screening questions and they'll quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. And you can manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the very familiar LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen. Now that's pretty darn productive. And now you can do all of this from your mobile device. And that's how LinkedIn jobs can help you hire the right person faster. So Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take advantage of what LinkedIn jobs can do for you today. So visit linkedin.com slash timecrafting and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash timecrafting and you'll get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply, but you want to check this out. Again, get $50 off your first job post by going to linkedin.com slash timecrafting today. 
I've been talking a lot lately about Setup and for good reason, because Setup is the best way to discover new quality apps and get all the tools that you need to be successful and productive. Setup is a subscription for Mac apps that you do not want to be without. Setup packs 200 high quality apps plus into one, so you get a lot of bang for your buck. And there's an app for almost any task, so you can stay in your flow and finish what you started. Being productive isn't just about starting, it's about finishing, and Setup helps you do that. Setup also now allows you to take your projects to your iPhones and iPads with support for iOS companion apps for your Mac favorites, like Ulysses, if you're writing or want to get in Ulysses, now you can do it. There's also to-do and task heat, but all of those cross-platform favorites, Setup has you covered. Setup has a dedicated curation team as well, and what they do is they only select the highest quality apps. So that means you don't have to search for the best tools anymore. They're going to do it for you. They're already in Setup. It's also a great value. I can't stress this enough. So instead of paying thousands of dollars for separate licenses, there's just one flat monthly fee. And new apps are added to Setup regularly. Updates are free, and all the apps are, get this, full featured pro version. So there's no sampling, no trialing, no sitting there going, oh, but I want to use that feature and it's not available. Nope, not going to happen with Setup. You get everything. And new apps are added to Setup regularly. Updates are free. Yep. And... All the apps are full-featured pro versions, so there's no wondering, well, will I have access to everything that the app has to offer? With Setup, you do. And I want you to take advantage of what Setup has to offer for you. So head over to setapp.com and try Setup free for a week. If you like Setup, plans just start at $9.99 a month, and you can use Setup for as long as it's useful for you, and I'm still using it. I know it's going to be useful for you in the long term as well. So head over to setup.com now. That's S-E-T-A-P-P.com. Get started with Setup today with that free trial. You will absolutely fall in love with it. I have. I know you will too. And now let's get back to my conversation with Trip Lanier here on the Productivityist podcast. I want to shift gears for a second and talk about elements of the book as I went through it. Um, number one, you're very uh, frank <laughs> with, with your language, which I can appreciate. Um, but the other thing is that there are tons of questions. There are, you, you ask the reader, and I'm sure you do this with your clients, like just a lot of questions that they need to ask themselves. How important is it for someone who's trying to, you know, be alive and and truly be productive, like purely productive. How important is that act of questioning? Curiosity is a superpower and we don't have enough of it. I think there's a curiosity that some of us have, which is like, tell me what to do. What should I do? You know, what, what's, what's the safe thing? What's the certain thing? But we rarely do we have curiosity that serves the greater means, like which is know thyself. Mm. What is it that I really stand for? What is it that I really care for? If I've only got you know a finite amount of time on this planet, what really matters to me? What's important? Those questions require effort. They're on. It's uncomfortable. And again, if most of us are moving towards success in order to avoid discomfort, then like we just want to get numb. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a drink. Give me a screen. Give me uh, something to smoke. So we we don't necessarily want to go into those places that are uncomfortable. But I think that's where the real gold is. That's where we find who we are. And. and curiosity is the key there it, it, to be curious with ourselves and say, Hey, what really matters to me? But then also is who's my partner? Who are they really, you know, and instead of who are they putting, who are they, who do they think they have to be in order to be loved? I think that the real deep intimacy and the real deep connection we want with anything that we do in the world 
lies behind those questions. And, and just asking those questions is just another simple skill that we can develop. And, and I think the, the other thing is, is we, the idea of productivity and time. And I mean, I'm, I don't know if you've watched Hamilton on Disney plus or seen it live. Have you seen the actual, play? yeah, yeah there's, that, there's that song that says, um, there, where, um, uh, Aaron Burr saying that, uh, Alexander Hamilton is writing like he's running out of time, always working like he's running out of time, like go, go, go. But, um, interestingly, uh, some of the things he does is fantastic, but then there's elements of his life that aren't going so well because he didn't slow down. How important is like taking a pause? Like even, you know, even just for a moment to figure out, okay, what questions do I need to ask? How do I, how do I, you know, how do I avoid the dangers that I don't want to fall prey to? And how do I really make myself more dangerous? How important is that, that power of uh, powerful pause or, or just even pacing, pacing things? I think what you're really speaking to is presence. Mm. And if I'm driving my car and I'm not present, I'm going to miss the turn. Even if I've got, you know, I've got a, a list of directions in, in front of me that are telling me where to go. But if I don't, if I'm not actually here in this moment, then I miss it. If I, if I'm with my partner and there's something going on and I'm looking at my phone, I'm not present. I miss that opportunity to connect and trust is now going to take a hit. Uh, presence is everything. Like if we're checked out, we miss it. We're, we're, we, where something's going to hunt us, something's going to take away what we want, or we just miss life in general. And again, most of us are wanting to escape the present moment because it's freaking uncomfortable. It's, it's, we, we can't handle the boredom that might, might show up, or we can't even handle most of the thoughts that we have. And so I think presence is a huge part of set. It's the foundation for everything that we do and all the skills that we develop. And it's the reason why I recommend that my clients meditate. I've been meditating for 20 years now. So it's like, it, it's, it's practicing being in the moment is essential. And what's that quote? There's a story about the, the business owner who wants to try to meditate. And I think it's the, the guru says, well, meditate for five minutes a day. He goes, are you kidding? I don't have five minutes a day. He goes, okay, well, then meditate for 20. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think a lot of people lose sight of what that really needs. I mean, I've struggled on and off with, with meditation um, I have, you know, the apps and all that stuff. Uh, let's, t let's touch on that, uh, in a moment, but I want to circle back to, uh, the things that keep us, um, from asking those great questions from, you know, you talked about those different things that came up, you know, drinking, anything to escape. Um, as we're recording this, it's Stephen Pressfield's birthday and he wrote the war of art and he talks about the resistance. And I think that there's some power there. How, how have you, how do you combat resistance? How do you combat those things that get in the way, even today as you've penned this book and you're, you're walking the talk, you, you're human. So you come across this as well, for sure. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. Um, so, you know, after I finished the book and then there's a lot of hard work, which is going out and it's a vulnerable place to ask for help. And uh -huh. Hey, will you give an endorsement or will you help me promote the book or will you do this and that? I, I would much rather write 10 books <laughs> than go out and ask for help and, and have people, you know, disappoint me or hurt my feelings in that way. And so, I remember I get I'd walk around like oh no blah 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 and it was like oh oh yeah you wrote a book about this moron like <laughs> come back <laughs> come back to that and get over yourself and and turn in and, and and recognize what's most important more so than being comfortable all the time or more so than being certain or more so than being liked and admired all the time and I was like okay yeah this is what's more important I'm going to lean and do the work so about resistance I think I think one of the biggest things about resistance is learning to just ex accept it accept that it's going to show up. Because most of us, when resistance shows up, uh-oh, let's hit the brakes. This, something's wrong. 
And I think it's just like, yes, of course, resistance is going to show up. When you jump into a cold pool, you will expect to be cold when you get in. It will be bracing because you just stepped into a new world. And so I, I, I just tell my clients, like, we expect it. We expect to get the butterflies. We expect that there's going to be a voice that says, hold on, pump the brakes. I think we need to wait till we're inspired or ready or until, you know, aliens come down and give us permission to do this thing. Whatever those things are, it's like, yes, we just expect all of that and we don't get distracted. We know we want to do this. So let's chunk it down and let's get it done. I talked earlier about Hamilton and there's obviously the song most people know. I'm not throwing away my shot. Uh, later on in the book, you talk about finality. And one of the things you mentioned actually uh, is, you know, this is it. I've only got one shot. You've, you know, this idea of YOLO and you only live once and it, you know, don't, it, it ties in interestingly to this idea of what the messaging, maybe not, not a personal messaging, but what the, the, the generalized version of hustle is. Hey, you only live once, uh, live for today uh, or because tomorrow isn't guaranteed, all that stuff, which I think has merit, but I think there's also a, there's a trap there as well. Um, let's talk a bit about finality and how you can get past that bias of this is my only shot. This is, and I'm not going to throw it away. Yeah, I think I think there's a way to use finality and and and, and it creates a sense of scarcity. Mm-hmm. And then now we're being motivated by pressure or by fear. And I think that you know when you use Hamilton as an example, that's what that's how he struck me is that he was a man running away from his fear of regret. Right. And I'm, that's not how I use finality. I use finality to remind us to get our head out of our butt and say, quit waiting. What are you waiting on? Most of us are like, oh, yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. And I find that that's the tragic piece, which is, how about we just do it now? Because we don't know. So if, if, if there's, a, there's deep down, we really are doing the work to get present with ourselves and we f- can feel that certainty in there, even if we're uncomfortable, even, if it, even though it feels risky or it feels like it might go against the grain with those around us. Um, I say we lean in and we do it anyway. And plus, when we think about our lives being finite, I think there's an aspect where we just get over ourselves a bit more. It's just like, oh, what am I waiting for? Uh, it's really this little thing that that's coming up. It, I can see how small it is now in, in the overall scope of my life. And so I use that finality piece to help us just get in touch with how big life really is and how small this challenge may be. I'm going to jump back a little bit because, uh, and I'm going to give a personal story here because again, as we're recording this on September 1st, it's my new year. I start my year on September 1st because the kids go back to school in early September here where I live. So the summer kind of is the months where I kind of set the table for the year ahead. And yesterday was my now year's Eve. So I mapped out my entire year. Again, I have to be flexible with this planning because, you know, you never, again, uncertainty, which we've touched on. Um, I want to talk about missions because as soon as I finish that, number one, we talked about this a little bit earlier where doing the work, spending the time, asking the tough questions. I can tell you after I finished doing that entire annual planning process, which took an hour to actually do the work, but the whole process of it, of thinking of, you know, enveloping myself in it, it was, by the time I was done, I was spent, exhausted, but I had in front of me plans for the next 12 months. Um, missions. Uh, what are you, you talk about this in the book, but how important are missions, um, especially dangerous ones? Uh, I think it's good to come back to what we touched on a little bit earlier, which is I can have a vision. I can have my vision board. I can have my plan for the year. And that's wonderful. Underneath that, though, I need to, I need to be in touch with the fact of what really makes it a success for me. 
So even if I got the money, even if I grew the show, even if I did all the things that I set out to do, what this plan is meant to do, ultimately, it would be a wash if I ended up feeling more trapped and more drained and more isolated and more beat up and worn out than I did today. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I say, okay, great. Let's, let's understand that that's what we're truly playing for. Right. And so let's create missions as experiments. Let's see. Right. So here's my mission and we're going to, we're going to plant that flag out there. We're going to move towards it. And this is what I do as a coach. Right. So we, all right, here's where we want to be a month from now or 90 days from now. Let's go, let's go execute. Let's get it done. All along the way though, we're checking in. What's your experience like? Is this feeling more expansive, more alive for you? You feeling stronger? Hey, maybe not because you're going through the suck of learning something new. Maybe it's a little challenging because you know, you're, you're, you're stretching a part of yourself, but ultimately we, when we're, when we're engaging a mission that is worthwhile, there's a deep sense of peace. I'm doing something about this. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on track. I'm aligned with my deeper values. And that's what I'm listening for when I'm talking to my clients or when I'm, you know, working on a mission as well. It's a lot different than this isn't right. Mm. This is a waste. Like this, this is just me being busy. I'm, I'm, I'm wasting my time. I'm not doing the thing I'm really here to do. And, and most of us have, a lot of us have that voice in the back of our head. We might be doing things that quote, look really important out there, but we know deep down that it's not our most important work. And so we're listening for those things. We imagine these, those gauges on the dashboard and we're checking in with them as we go. And what that does is it gives us the opportunity to always course correct. We can always gather data and then say, hey, you know what? That was a great experiment, but we're going to shift the mission. We're going to move in this direction because now that we have this data, we're learning that this is where we feel more alive. You know, and that's 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 fascinating because the first part of my whole planning process for the year is I go back and read all my journal entries that I wrote in day one from the 12 months prior. So whether it's the photos that show up, whether it's the writing, where it's the combination thereof, I get to see the story. I get to see, you know, what worked, what didn't, maybe what I, my successes, my, my, acknowledgements of failure where I tripped up, but also it, it, what, what's also great is I get to see those little moments that might just slip by unnoticed, which kind of keeps me uh, grounded. Do you journal? Because I mean, it checking in and all that stuff, it sounds like either your journal, like there's this mental check in that happens, but do you like take the time to say, Hey, I'm going to, you meditate. So I'm, I'm making the assumption that journaling is part of your practice as well. You know, I'm not a big journaler. I don't. I take notes all day long with clients and that kind of stuff. But in my own world, I'm not journaling a whole lot. Um, there, there's probably a liability in there somewhere. Well, but I, I've just at this point, I've not been a big journaler. Well, and see, that's now that that's interesting to me as well because I mean, I had a conversation with James Clear about this when we talked about his book Atomic Habits, and that was the one habit that he struggled with until he decided that he was going to do one line journal entries, which he put in his uh, collaboration with Baron fig. But uh, I think that, yeah, I think that that's interesting because um, for me that there is power there because no matter how the day goes at the end of the day, that's my check-in that's my, okay, did, did I set out, did I do not only like, you know, tactically, did I do what I set out to do all that stuff, but also the feelings around it. Like, you know, that, like you said, so for me, if I was, as I approach what you've talked about in this book, that's something that I would definitely want to do. I don't know if it's a liability, but it's an interesting scenario considering that maybe the meditation does that for you. Maybe it just comes naturally because it, it, it's not a, a hard and fast rule by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Um, I think what, what I'm hearing, how it benefits you is that it gives you an opportunity to check in and, and I'm, I'm aware that I'm checking in throughout my day pretty regularly. So 
Uh, I'm not missing that, but I do think there's something in there about gathering data. And like you said, in my book, I'm asking questions all the time to people. I, I want people to start to track themselves. And, and, uh, I, I think you're right on track. Well, and, and further to that, you talked about, you know, the idea of hustle being personal. I would posit, and I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Like what make the title of the book, this book will make you dangerous. Your version of dangerous is going to be different from anybody else's. Absolutely. Right. And then that's part of what makes it dangerous, right? It'd be one thing. It was like, this is going to make you like this guy that everybody loves. This is going to make you the rock Johnson. You know, it's like, Oh, awesome. I can go be that guy. I'm going to be big. I'm going to be handsome. I'll be rich. Like that's, you know, everybody loves that guy. Great. I'll sign up. There's a lot different than, no, you're going to be the, the version of you. Like we're going to draw that out and you may not look like anybody. <laughs> you may be the weirdo in the room, but that's you. That's who you truly are. And that's the part where I think most of us are, are deeply afraid that if we really, like, if, if you really got to know me, you might not like me. You might not want me around. And so that can feel really dangerous. Trip, before we wrap up, I ask my guests the following question as a closer. Um, what's one thing, one action someone can take today to make themselves, and for this, I'll make it more specific for you, but one action they can take to start doing what you've talked about in your book to make them more dangerous starting today? What's one action they can take? I'd ask four questions at the beginning of, the, of your day. What would have me feel more free today? What would have me feel more alive today? What would have me feel more loving or connected today? And what would I do today to have me experience greater peace of mind? And I think if you just asked those four questions and then acted accordingly, responded, acted in alignment with those questions, it would have a dramatic impact on your life. The book is This Book Will Make You Dangerous, The Irreverent Guide for Men, although it's not just for men uh, who refuse to settle. Trip, thanks so much for taking the time to join me today on the Productivityist Podcast. Yay, Mark. Mike, I really appreciate it. It's great that you actually read the book and went through it. Um, I appreciate the hard work you put into this. Thanks again. And where can people keep up with you and your work? I know you've got the podcast and such, so let's share that before we wrap up. Yeah, the New Man Podcast is available everywhere that podcasts are. We've been doing it now for over 13 years. Um, and the book is available everywhere. You get your books typically on Amazon. It's probably the easiest depending on the country you're in. And then if you want to learn more about me and the coaching services I have, you can go to triplanier.com. Thanks again for joining me today, Trip. Thank you, Mike.